0: See you, senor! It is a dimly lit room where, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound, and today to kick off a brand new week, Monday we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Perhaps
3: 200 hostages?
0: Yeah, that's what the number is now, 200, wow. That's a lot. I saw 199, how but many? nobody's sure. How many Americans? I can't remember. twenty. Now, 30 Americans dead, 13 missing, I think is the latest number. So they all, all those 13 could be hostages. Yeah, absolutely. Plus something like 400 Americans who lived in Gaza that they're trying to figure out how to get out of there. Which is a problem, obviously. Welcome to a brand new week. Pregnant with possibilities, good or bad. Sure. So many good things could happen this week. Or so many horrible things. Big finish. Here we go. Come on up. I
3: pow. like the idea that fate works in weeks. Yep, You know, fate
0: works in weeks. <laughs> exactly. Fate, fate flips a calendar to a next week. and Let's see oh. what we've got in store for him this week. It's time he's, to smite Joe this week. He's wow. been a little happy with himself. I think it's time to bring him down a notch or two, fate says. Fate seems to always be saying that to me, like constantly. <laughs> Maybe I should learn a lesson. Uh, I was just listening to a really interesting conversation with uh, Richard Engel, who's of NBC News, who's one of your great foreign reporters. There's some really good foreign reporters over there in the middle of Gaza and Israel and dealing with this stuff. But anyway, he is talking about why the Arab countries don't take any of the Palestinians or how the leaders don't actually care that much. Our college kids are way more concerned about the plight of the Palestinians than the Arab leaders are.
3: It's been true since I could uh, run at a dead sprint. A very long time ago. But, Decades.
0: But anyway, with uh, with Egypt, for instance, and a lot of the countries. So apparently we've got some sort of deal where Egypt is going to open up that gate for a little while today. Part of it, so we can get those 400 Americans out of there. That's what uh, Secretary of State Blinken's working on, is letting, having Egypt open up their... They have a wall. Egypt built a wall. Crazy, racist Egypt. Build bridges, not walls, Egypt. Walls don't work. Anyway, lots of country use walls. Like, countries where their lives are seriously on the line think walls work. I mean, it's not just a gesture. Anyway, we all know that. Uh, Egypt might open the gate and let uh, some Palestinians through, and hopefully those 400 Americans. But anyway, the uh, the thing is, they just like we know happens, uh, poor people get into your country, they're staying. They ain't going. Once they're in, they're there. And if you get... You know, 500,000 Palestinians come into Egypt, they'll be there forever. Because we yeah. all know how that works. Same way it works here in the United States. Yeah, they'll
3: set up some enclave of poverty and, and misery and do their best, but to plead for benefits and and yell that they're oppressed. Yeah, for now till the end of history. And, and despite, Egypt will have to deal with them.
0: And despite all kinds of college kid rhetoric and, you know, no human being is illegal and all that sort of stuff, most countries don't want more poor people in their country, including us. But we go ahead and let it happen anyway.
3: And Egypt is also concerned that there are too damn many terrorists in Gaza,
0: and they don't want them in Egypt. Yeah, the number of Hamas people that come through, and as Richard Engel was pointing out, then join up with the Muslim Brotherhood, and then they got a serious problem on their hands in Egypt. Right, yeah. Because they already got one radical, violent group. Well, I was listening to an Israeli colonel just before I got out of my car today say, On October 7th, Hamas changed the rules which I think he was implying and we will now play by those new rules. You change the rules. Here we go. So, yeah. You're telling us what yeah. the rules of the game are. These are the rules of the game. If you uh, to to my mind if you want to know what's going on is going on read the Tom Friedman columns in the New York Times. He's been doing practically one a day, sometimes more than one, either uh, uh, either an article or an interview, but um he, he's so good on the Middle East, but he he just He's the only person that's flat-out reporting that the decapitating babies and setting pregnant women on fire was the point. They want you to, to overreact. It wasn't, wasn't like rogue or why did you do this or they just hate Jews or whatever. They wanted an overreaction. They wanted to do the most horrible things human beings could possibly imagine, which they did. You can't really imagine more horrible things than Hamas right. did. Um, They wanted an overreaction by the world. That's the entire point. And I don't feel like anybody else is reporting it that flatly. We
3: are, and, and they are, and that's about it. Yeah. This was a strategy. They didn't think they were going to kill all the people in Israel. I mean, if not what you suggested, what? What were they thinking? Now, the radical professors, and this is an angle I can't wait to explore You know, the Service Employees International Union, the SEIU, the purple t-shirted communist flirtatious uh, super powerful union that owns California, for instance, uh, they've come out with a statement. Our enemies are the CEOs. Our comrades are in Gaza. So the SEIU, which is already uh, arm-in-arm with communists, is now also arm-in-arm with terrorists. Let's keep that in mind, but more on that to come in a bit. But anyway, so, uh, you know, given the utter predictability i mean like the 100 predictability of the giant backlash counterattack invasion etc if they weren't trying to bait that what were they trying to do
0: right so the the concern and this still might be true but the concern that they uh, they had some sort of death trap set up for israel once they come in there which still might be true the real death trap was the overreaction like that colonel saying all right you change the rules you're going to play by your new rules hoping that that will turn world opinion against them, and specifically, Tom Friedman was writing in the New York Times, blow up any chance of a Saudi Arabia-Israeli deal, which they just saw as horrifying. Um, yeah. Tom Friedman put a picture in his article over the weekend saying, this is the picture that caused all this, and it was a picture of some Israeli leaders uh, holding up a Torah scroll with the, the mosques in... Um, you know, the holiest towns in all of Islam that exist in Saudi Arabia in the background. And that Mm -hmm. that was just like the worst thing that Islamic extremists could possibly imagine. You had Jewish leaders reading the Torah outside the mosque in Medina and just, you know, that can't happen. And they're willing to murder babies over that. And so the idea is there's so such an overreaction that 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 deal can't come together. So we'll see. Right. Right. Yeah, I know the Saudis have pulled back down, put it on the back burner. Anthony Blinken said yesterday that deal's absolutely not dead. Well, probably dead for a while. Especially after Israel does whatever they gotta do here in the next couple of days. You know, I was
3: a babe in arms, wearing a little sailor suit, running around, uh, sucking on a juice box, which didn't exist at the time. You had a sailor suit? I did. I absolutely did, yes. Well, I was from a military family, and I might be pressed into duty at any moment, so (laughs) as a toddler, my parents had a uniform ready for me. Uh, But... uh, (laughs) Uh, you know, now that I think about it, I was an infant, a toddler when, you know, there were wars and unrest and battles over this very question. Right. These very questions uh, in that specific place. A lot of the same actors. Now, the names have changed, but uh, the roles are the same. Well, they're just hadn't, ridiculous.
0: There had never been Jewish leaders in uh, standing outside the biggest, holiest mosques in all of Islam there in Saudi Arabia reading from the Torah. That was a, that was a new development. Hamas yeah, did I not get that. dig that. Oh, right, right. But
3: it's it's more of, uh, you know, uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Sure, I think, oh yeah. Because Hamas had been planning this for going on two years, and it's always
0: something. Sure, yeah. Like we were talking last week, that very spot of the world. How many people have died over this same question, over how many thousands of years? It's absolutely amazing. Anyway, we should probably start the show officially. Ground war hasn't started yet, I guess, from looking at the news. No, they're uh, they're biding their time. Rainy, I heard, the weather maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Monday, October sixteenth, the year twenty twenty three. We are Armstrong and Getty taking up arms against the sea of troubles, and we approve of this program.
3: Let's begin the show officially. Then, according to FCC rules and regulations, at mark, we will strike Hamas from the top through its institutions all the way down to the individuals that conducted the butchery of our babies. I believe that to be the truth. I think that will happen.
0: Yeah, so Friedman's point in the New York Times was don't do what they want you to do. What they want you to do is overreact and act like they did and turn the world against you. But, uh, yeah, that's easier said than done. What are you supposed to do?
3: Right. Well, clearly, you sit down calmly and rationally and you play out your options and the way they would likely, well, play out. Um, It's one of those things. Be
0: coldly rational. And every day you wait and are rational, there's another chance Hamas comes across the border and murders 40 40 babies until you wipe them out? I'm not sure what you mean, Um
3: so you think they should be rationally irrational or
0: no? just just strike
3: quickly without consideration or what?
0: No, but you can't wait too long. You can't be too rational. You can't be too slow. You can't be too negotiaty. If every day you're at threat of another one of those attacks from a exactly. bunch of suicidal oh, no. maniacs.
3: I agree completely, which is part of a rational analysis. Mm. You say we can wait, but we can't wait too long, of course.
0: Yeah, another point he made, and then I'll shut up about it is uh, how different things are for Israel or other countries in the United States. We have so much money and power, we can take our time and play things out over very long periods of time because we don't really need world opinion to make everything work, but Israel does. They have to strike while world opinion is still on their side because it will drift away. As you were talking about last week, people will get wobbly fast.
3: Yeah, yeah, troubling. Then you have this headline, dozens of countries scramble to identify more than 150 citizens held hostage in Gaza. They're blowing up the phone lines to Qatar and Turkey and Hamas contacts and just to anybody they can think of to call. But they think the Hamas guys are literally far enough underground they can't get phone
0: calls from their contacts. Wow. I heard the most dramatic thing over the weekend I maybe have ever heard in my life. And it is heavy. Maybe we'll get to that uh, next segment. How does mailbag look? Well, it's fine. It's a good start to the week. Cool. You can always join in on the text line also if you want to. 415-295-KFTC.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
0: a Northern California-based radio show. Many San Francisco 49ers fans unhappy with the fact that I bought a brand new $50 fitted 49ers hat days before they lost their first game.
3: I don't even know why they took the field, having heard that.
0: Having continued my streak of buying clothes for winning teams and causing them to lose. I, I think I'm like thirty and 0 or something.
3: For non 15-year listeners to the show. Jack has been known as the cooler for a very, very long time.
0: And I've time. done this with lots of teams, like the Florida Marlins. I mean, just, I'll jump on any bandwagon. If a team is winning and it's not team, I'll buy their stuff and pretend I've been a long-time fan. But I did and that with the them. 49ers, right. and they lost yesterday. Yeah, absolutely doomed. Uh, I guess the Eagles lost, too. No more
3: undefeated teams, right? Is that right? Yeah. Correct. Uh, here's freedom-loving quote of the day, continuing our series about money. Ayn Rand with this one. Money is only a tool. It will take you wherever you wish, but it will not replace you as the driver. Ooh. Mm. Do you own your money, or does your money own you? Huh. interesting. A lot of folks are listening during these times of inflation and housing busts and the rest of it saying, I don't have any money to own me. <laughs> so I'm not so worried about
0: that. I did the two for yesterday on a Sunday. Grocery store and gas station. It's like, how do people do this?
3: Oh, yeah. I think I spent
0: 500 bucks filling up the car and buying groceries. That's crazy.
3: I have some really interesting information about uh, both the housing market and, and, you know, the economy in general. And uh, these are odd times. Very odd. Here's your mailbag. (laughs) Drop us a line. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. First initial J, she is a she, writes, I virtually never share my own political views on social media. However, I've had many, many friends on both the left and right who regularly and loudly sound off at any and every opportunity to advance their politics. Then came the attack on Israel. Not a peep. Not from either side. Not my journalist friends. Not my super right-wing religious friends. Not my belligerently vocal pro-Palestinian friends. Not even my American friends from Jewish families. It's super weird. I wonder if, A, people get their news entirely through social media and they even know what happened, or, B, if this is the issue that will finally break the left and their coalition of strange bedfellows. I don't know. We'll have to see. Dan, one of... uh, Oh, Dan pointing out, I understand our government's sending charter aircraft to Israel to remove U.S. citizens to Europe. Reportedly, the citizens will later be billed for their chartered flights to safety. So let me get this straight. We charter flights for legal aliens all over our country, but we can't provide free airfare to our citizens uh, to a location of safety it's an interesting uh contrast
0: yeah my immediate reaction was yeah they ought to pay for it i mean you know you chose to live somewhere it turned dangerous we got you out i don't know we have to pay do you pay for that do we pay for that but yeah mm-hmm. we're flying illegals all over the place so that's a good point
3: yeah where do you want to go chicago all right there you go get on that flight Uh, Bob, one of many people to point out uh, that there are various stories of heroism, like Inbar Lieberman in uh, Israel, a young woman who's hailed because she distributed her kibbutz's weapons to her people who were able to kill the Hamas terrorists who attacked them. Why were they the only village that fought back inexplicably? Israel has restrictive gun laws. Read an article that said most applications for a permit to carry a gun were denied. Uh, Reason.com has been reporting on that
0: have to dig into that you do have a lot more free reign when you come into a country going house to house if nobody's got a gun
3: I'd kind of assume the Israelis were armed to the teeth
0: oh ab- absolutely not yeah we got a ton of texts about that last night how uh, or last week on how the Israelis don't aren't allowed to have guns
3: <clears throat> and on a completely different topic uh, the uh, equity uh, drive in various institutions we talked about last week. Uh, Paulo writes, you've said this in various ways. I'm saying it a little differently. In most measures of general well-being and quality of outcome, whether education, achievement, income, employment, racial groups rank in roughly the same order. They also fall in the same order in measures of stable home environments, emphasis of education in the home, and likelihood of being victims of crimes or criminal offenders. It's not hard to see how that set of characteristics could lead to less desirable outcomes. It's very hard to see how simply skin color could explain those outcomes. So why do we still obsess over skin color, which we can't change, rather than focusing on the things we can change, which are much more likely causes of disparate outcomes? We can't even seem to talk about those things, as if to do so would hurt someone's feelings.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know I agree completely. That's some good stuff right there. People regularly say we have a race problem we're unwilling to talk about. We have a cultural problem within various races we're really unwilling to talk about.
3: Oh, you're victim-blaming. You're victim-blaming. Yeah, you're creating a permanent dependent class for your
1: political and financial benefit. Hit the podcast.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Israel has announced it's going to evacuate 28 communities in northern Israel as well along the Lebanese border. So you're going to have uh, quite soon... Two parts of this country, uh, the northern border and the southern border, both declared closed military zones out of fear that uh, Hamas could be firing rockets uh, or fire even more rockets uh, and and artillery from the Gaza Strip, and that Hezbollah in, in the north could intensify its barrages.
0: Yeah, the New York Times is reporting the Biden administration has grown increasingly anxious in recent days that Israel's enemies seek to widen the war by opening new fronts, which would compel the United States to enter the conflict directly with air and naval forces to that point this move overnight. Concerns about a second front from Hezbollah in
2: Lebanon prompting the U.S. to send a second carrier strike group to the region, the USS Eisenhower Carrier Strike Group, joining the USS Ford
1: Carrier Strike Group, a major show of force and deterrence. Yeah, that is a
0: major show of force. Two aircraft carrier strike groups ready to go. Wow. Will it work? Well, if, uh, will, will, will our deterrence work? I yeah. hope. But if, um, if what we are talking about earlier is true, the whole point was to, the, to get a reaction. That's why they went so incredibly violent. And it seems like you absolutely open that other front, don't you? To get more of a the reaction? I don't know.
3: Well, although uh, let's get them to overreact sometimes turns into I didn't think they were going to overreact this much. (laughs) Right. We no longer exist, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to say. And at some point, you just have to figure out what your priorities are and follow them no matter what the other side was thinking. But, uh, yeah, I just uh, it's too much to contemplate, honestly. Um, But if if. Hezbollah were to jump ugly, for instance, and our aircraft uh, carriers start, to, well, our, our fighter airplanes start uh, doing missions over Israel, that sort of thing. I mean, that's
0: just too spicy. Right. It certainly could happen. could happen today. And that's what, uh, so I was reading from the New York Times and then Mark Halpern's reporting in his newsletter is that that's the big thing that Biden and Blinken and everybody behind the scenes are talking about all day, every day, is how do we keep this from going a step further and then we're involved? Yeah, I'll bet.
3: Meanwhile, you have dozens of countries around the world burning up the phone lines to Qatar and Turkey trying to get contacts inside Hamas as they try to cross-reference names and conditions of more than 150 people from around 30 nations who have not been seen for nine days. And they're all trying to answer the basic question, which citizens from which countries are being held captive in a tunnel network under the Gaza Strip? And is there any way to talk to the people uh, holding them?
0: Man, going to the drum, one of the most dramatic things I heard over the weekend ever. This dad, I think he was on CNN, it's one of your cable news channels. He was telling the story and feeling guilty about it, but you can understand how he would feel that way. His 11 year old daughter was missing. She had gone to a birthday party and she was missing. And he got the word that they found her dead in the bedroom, and he said, thank God. Yeah, yeah. How amazing is that? That is something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of the hostages,
3: diplomats and intelligence officers in Turkey have been inundated with pleas from governments as far away as Latin America. European leaders, including uh, old uh, Macron in France, have phoned similar appeals to Egypt whose government is more focused on getting humanitarian aid through its border with Gaza. Uh, Each day, the estimates of the number of people kidnapped have changed, and the number of nations involved is in dispute. Uh, Many, if not most, of the hostages may have dual nationalities, including Israeli. Um, The hostages are being held in different locations by Hamas. Iran-backed Islamic Jihad also says has taken 30 hostages, a claim that Israel's military has not
0: confirmed. I, I like Israel's response every time you get the whole "Do you got to turn the turn the electricity back on? Give us the water. Give us the hostages back." Turned on right away. Humanitarian for
3: humanitarian, your, your move.
0: Gas yeah. and uh, water could be back on this afternoon. Give the hostages back. We'll turn it right back on again.
3: Yeah, Speaking of the inevitable wobbling of the media, right, it's evidently it's very, very easy to leave out because they never mention it. In Israel, in a controversial move cutting off, you know, the aforementioned uh, goods and services, they never mention that Israel has specifically said, this is because you have the hostages, give them back, we'll turn it back on. Now,
0: there are fuel trucks. Egypt is letting through the gates right now, I guess. That's the headline up on one of your cable news channels. The uh, uh, hospitals are expected to run out of fuel within 24 hours, and obviously that would be quite the disaster there in Gaza. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos inside the hospitals, but it's gruesome. Anyway, they would run out of electricity, and so some fuel trucks are being let in, I guess, on the Egypt side.
3: Yeah, I saw a former Mossad chief said that at some point the Hamas guys will run out of water, food, and oxygen in their bunkers. And that would be a moment when decisions could be made about releasing hostages. So evidently they have such underground bunkers, they have to pipe the air down using something that runs on, well, electricity, obviously, or or gasoline, diesel. Uh, so I, I, I know very little about their underground bunker complexes. Neither does anybody else, I would guess. Uh, but that's crazy.
0: Yeah, we were watching a video. I don't know how old it was. Um, uh, somebody with like a GoPro going through the tunnels under Gaza where the Hamas have been hanging out for many, many years. And the walls were lined with rockets. That's where they keep the rockets down there. And they come out wow. and start shooting rockets again. Well, like there, there are rockets being fired back and forth between Israel and Hezbollah up north right now. Imagine living somewhere where that's just, that's not like even like a headline. I mean, it's just because it's always happening. It's the possibility of something bad happening, but rockets flying. I mean, imagine that. I mean, if a rocket flew into the United States or we shot one at Canada or Mexico, obviously it would be an enormous deal. But they're just so used to it. It's just part of the deal. Rockets flying back and forth.
3: Yeah, yeah, that is crazy. Uh, some more on this situation and, and consumer news and all sorts of uh, stuff on the home front. After a quick word from our friends at Upside Inflation is High, perhaps you've noticed. We are just talking about it, and everybody's getting creative and, and trying to save money. Maybe driving the extra mile for lower gas prices, grocery shopping on sale days. you got to save your money.
0: Yeah, I had this experience yesterday buying gas where, holy cow, what's going on? With Upside, you're not getting slammed by the inflated prices because you get cash back on every purchase to get started download the free upside app use the promo code armstrong and get 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank of gas next you claim an offer for whatever you're buying on upside you check in at the business it'll make sense on the app pay as usual with a credit or debit debit card and get paid Upside users
3: are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8-star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app. Use the promo code Armstrong. Get 25 cents or more back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. Once again, that's the Upside app, and you got to remember the promo code Armstrong. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out, which is everybody. Remember that code, Armstrong, at the Upside
0: app. Siri, how many aircraft carriers does the United States have? We got 11. There are only 47 in the world by all the countries operated by 14 navies. We got the most of them. We got 11, we got 2 of them now outside of Israel. It seems I like noticed a big deal. The, uh,
3: the Chinese aircraft carriers have the curvy deck so they like launch the planes up, give them a little extra boost.
0: Why did we think of that? Or did we? And we just don't want it. Maybe it doesn't work. I don't know. Hmm. Did not know that. Read more over
3: the weekend about how in- increasingly clear it is that the future of naval warfare and surveillance and the rest of it is unmanned vehicles. Because surface vessels are so uh, so vulnerable now to the super high-tech guided missile systems. Yeah. Uh, it could be the age of the aircraft carrier is going away. On the other hand, it's a hell of an int- hell of a good way to transport an entire military airfield from here to there fairly quickly.
0: Um, I do want to get into uh, uh, have some polling in just a second, but I do want to get into later. I I learned this over the weekend. A couple of things about uh, the the rules for fighting wars, which. Israel and the United States, for instance, always are are, are obliged to follow. And if you don't follow them, people go nuts, whereas other people get to ignore them all the time (laughs) and then everybody gets a passport. But anyway, um, the whole, nobody understands what proportional response means, or at least nobody in the media ever reports it correctly. And uh, there's a couple of writings about it. David French in the New York Times also uh, writing in the National Review of what proportional response means. And it's it's not what is regularly reported. So I want to talk about that later. But this polling came out just last night in terms of people's attitudes on this from CNN. Seventy one percent call Israelis defensive war justified. Only eight percent say it's fully unjustified. Those are eight percent are all college kids that you're paying in gobs of money to uh, have hang out and overthink problems.
3: Or uh, members of the SEIU, more, more on that to come.
0: Uh, Washington Post poll, that was a CNN poll, Washington Post poll, 78% call it 80. 80% say U.S. support for Israel is appropriate or insufficient. Only 18% say it's too much. Uh, and that's... Um, The uh, Republican or right leaning person reporting these poll numbers said pro Hamas faction is loud, bad, and still a small minority, thankfully, but they get a lot of attention, yeah, in college kids and the media.
3: Well, one more interrelated note on the uh, uh, will of international, you know, citizens and countries to back Israel and how they feel about this. And all of that will change if there is a uh, occupation ground invasion. But uh, as I mentioned, citizens of at least 31 nations are missing. And these are, it's worth mentioning, nations that are looking on saying, hey, why just snatch up our, our people and what are you going to do about it, Hamas? It includes Paraguay, South Africa. Thailand, Bulgaria, Brazil, uh, where's the rest of it? A Mexican man and women, six Russians, two Italians, and at least one from the Philippines.
0: So I think that'll be a factor. So you think all those countries are probably working some sort of back channel, saying, hey, what the hell? Well, and to the extent that they
3: have freedom of information in those countries, which varies, obviously, I think their citizens are saying, what the hell, Hamas, why just you snatch up our, our gal or our guy? So that, that could make a difference in terms of uh, you know support for Israel.
0: Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so, too. Uh, coming up later, <clears throat> yet another report out, yet another study showing we are making our own kids crazy by trying to keep them so safe, and uh, it's leading to them being uh, on drugs or miserable or unable to perform in the world. Yet another study showing that.
3: I think it's undeniable at this point. Which is I'm highly. Glad to see that getting so much attention. Yeah.
0: Highly troubling. Maybe the most important phrase that we could all adopt around kids is, they didn't raise themselves. That might be the most important thing we could all, uh, you know, fully ingest. Anyway.
3: Let's look at what we did, yeah. in other words.
0: Yeah. yeah. There's a lot on the way. Text line four one five two nine five 295 kftc
2: Armstrong and Getty.
0: We need cogent, strong leadership, and I think we're getting it from the Biden administration, the fact that uh, Secretary Blinken, Secretary Austin, and many others are in the Middle East talking with everyone. But at the end of the day, Israel must decide how to strategically eliminate an enemy that is out to destroy them.
3: Interesting bipartisan support for Israel. Pretty dang high, as we were talking about the polls earlier. Um, On the other hand, those who are standing up against Israel need to be counted, and
0: uh, we'll do some counting next hour. Mm -hmm. Also, some more domestic politics. Trump is unbeatable is the uh, headline there, so stay tuned.
3: Oh, boy. So, a couple of economic stories for you. Uh, Home sales are on track for the slowest year since the big housing bust. In 2011, specifically, the housing bust lasted for several years. But it's looking like this is going to be just an astonishingly low year for uh, home sales yeah, for the reasons I've, we've discussed.
0: I've, I've quit looking around. I spend a lot of time every weekend as d- hitting the open houses and doing all that. And I've just, I've decided talking to a lot of people and just using my own spidey sense that I think there's two up in the air. I'm gonna wait and see what's gonna happen.
3: Yeah, I don't blame you. And this uh, article in the Wall Street Journal quotes an economics researcher at Redfin, the real estate uh, uh, company. Um, Total existing home sales this year are going to amount to about 4.1 million. That's the smallest number since uh, uh, 2008 when Lehman Brothers collapsed. Uh, And then uh, sales are unlikely to pick up much next year with mortgage rates likely to remain at elevated levels. And what we've talked about before, people are stuck in their houses. They're not going to move up. They're not going to downsize. Because they've got a great mortgage rate, and what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? And then I love this. in the Wall. This is the Wall Street Journal. This is a great, great newspaper slash website. And then after that sentence, they have a picture of a house.
0: <laughs> in case you're unfamiliar w- w- with houses. <laughs> I always think it's funny when any news outlet does it. Well, well, it's like I our favorite caption. <laughs> i like when they're talking about obese people and they got to have a bunch of B-roll of fat people walking down the street. Oh, fat right. people right.
3: Oh, obesity <laughs> right. Yeah, and I read the caption of this picture, the housing market will likely send ripples through the whole economy. No, it's not like this house has been on the market for 6 months or this house went for $100,000. No, a no It's just a house. Oh, a dwelling, right? The thing
1: that keeps oh, the rain oh, off that your people head. live that live
3: in. Right. <laughs> Right, and they mention how this is a very different downturn for different reasons, Uh, but they mention that the shrinking housing market will likely send ripples through the whole economy. Some wannabe homeowners are going to keep renting. Just got one speaking out on the very show we host. Uh, a rise in rent helped. Uh, oh, that's just kind of an extraneous thought. Uh, slowing home sales could also impede economic growth by limiting spending on housing-related items like is like appliances and furniture. True. Uh, dad. Prompt home builders to True. pull back on new construction.
0: True. Dad, I was all ready to you know pull the trigger on a bunch of new furniture and stuff. I buy a house now. I'm not, so I won't buy the furniture. Good point. But then we get to the
3: part that we always get to eventually when we're talking about real estate that national statistics are fairly useless because then they go into examples of houses that are selling uh, above asking prices and, and, right. and people are lined up to buy it and other places, places, rather, where they've had to drop prices and houses stay on the market forever. So check your local listings. And then this, check your
0: local of, listings, thanks for that.
3: <laughs> speaking of <laughs> incongruities. Uh, the headline is, automakers have big hopes for EVs. Buyers aren't cooperating. Yeah, wow. Well, and, and I, I get why headlines have to be fairly short, but automakers have big hopes for EVs, partly because the government is standing there with a big stick and whacking them as hard as hard as they can to make them produce more of them.
0: EVs and your tiny little cars that get 40 miles per gallon that people don't buy. How many of either of those would Ford or Chevy be making if the government wasn't forcing them to? Not a lot.
3: The auto industry's push to boost sales of electric vehicles is running into a cold, hard reality. Buyers' interest in those models is proving shallower than expected, while EV sales continue to grow, rising 51% this year through September, which sounds impressive until you consider the baseline. Right. It's like... Uh, My interest in going to the ballet is 51% higher today than it was yesterday. It's still not very high. (laughs) (laughs) But the rate has slowed from a year earlier, and unsold inventory is starting to pile up for some brands. Yeah. Uh, They aren't
0: that handy yet.
3: The Biden administration has made EVs a centerpiece of its industrial policy. Remember that stick I was talking about? And the United United Auto Workers Union is on strike at Detroit car companies, in part because it is worried about future job security as engine and transmission plants disappear. So the automakers are simultaneously being battered by the administration to crank out more electric cars that people don't want to buy. And they're being battered by the administration-supported United Auto Workers, who are saying, "Whoa, whoa, hey, slow down on this electric car thing. Way too automated. It's going to eliminate all our uh, drive or uh, our, our engine plant uh, jobs. So you got to t- tap the brakes on these damn electric vehicles." Okay, isn't it loverly when the government gets involved in industrial policy?
0: Right. You know, and I don't want to beat up on any particular electric companies, but like the the Rivian, which Wall Street Journal says they lose what is it, $60,000 per truck when they sell them or something. It's crazy. But um uh just to make them. How do you go out and drop a whole bunch of money on a vehicle that you think that company might not exist next year? What am I going to do if I need a, you know, a bumper or anything? I just I don't know, that's a tough spot.
3: I'm going to go get me a brand new Cylindra electric vehicle. Right. Yeah, these companies that are merely propped up by federal subsidies, they tend to go away pretty quickly, especially after everybody involved has lined their pocket with government money. Whoops, sorry, taxpayer money.
0: Rivian was briefly worth more than like Toyota or Ford or one of the big automakers for a while. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. If you miss a segment of this podcast or this radio show, get it in the podcast form. Search for Armstrong and Getty On Demand.
2: Armstrong and Getty.